What is up? And welcome back to the Ministry Refuel podcast. My name is Kat Robbins, and I'll be your host for today. I hope you've had a great week. If it's your first time listening, thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but man, do I hate, 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 bugs. Oh my goodness. I do not like them. I am a total girly girl in that respect. Judge me if you want to. I can't stand them. I remember when I was younger considering going on the mission field and I, I remember my mom saying, honey, if that's where God calls you, great, but you're not, you know, there's bugs. And I'm like, I know, I, I just, I don't know. So bugs are a huge uh, thing for me. So I don't know if anybody can relate to that. If you can't relate to that, then feel free to be my personal bug killer because I am happy to do that. Uh, I do think that bugs are from a lower level of Satan's lair that he releases um, to make me have a bad day. Um, So that's my theology on that. Um, And yeah, if you were wondering what I thought about bugs, that's that's it. But uh, I tell you that story or I tell you that fact about me to tell you a story. Um, So yesterday, I'm really passionate about my morning routine. I'm really passionate about it. It's I, I'm overall pretty much an extrovert. Um, there are other people that are far more extroverted than me. And so sometimes it makes me feel like maybe I'm not an extrovert, but I am. I am energized by people. Um, I do have my limits. But uh, I consider my introverted time because every extrovert truly does need some alone time, needs some introvert time. I consider that my morning routine. And so I really take advantage of that first couple hours of my day. I try to wake up really early, obviously spend time with Jesus, get a workout in, have a good breakfast, um, read if I can, um, you know, just things of that nature. So yesterday I'm going through my morning routine, having a great morning. And I've recently at the end of, uh, my showers, I've been trying to do this whole like cold exposure thing. I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but supposedly if you expose your body to cold water X amount of times a day for a certain amount of time, it can release, you know, dopamine throughout your day and and give you more energy. And there, there's a lot of health benefits to it. So I'm like, hey, why not? Let's give it a shot and see what it does. So I'm getting ready to do my final cold rinse of my shower. And guys, I look down at my shower curtain and there is a water bug. Okay, if you're not from the south, because I'm pretty sure they don't, they may have water bugs in the north. I've never heard northern people talk about water bugs, but it's just like a big booty cockroach. That's, that's all that it is. Okay, it's like, I'm itchy just thinking about it. It's like so big, so terrifying to me. So I was, I had every intention of killing this bug, guys. I I need you to understand. I was going to be a hero. I was going to talk about it to people at work. I killed this bug all by myself. But understand, it was on the shower curtain, which is like one of the most inconvenient places that a bug can be because there's not like a flat surface to smash its little tiny demonic body, right? And so what do I do? Basically, I'm trying to push the curtain back so he'll like fall on the floor and I can smash him, right? But here's what happened. I pushed the curtain back and the whole curtain and the rod and towels and everything just like falls on the floor. 
And now it's an even worse situation because now I don't know where he is. So really he has the upper hand on me at this point. He doesn't even have hands and he has the upper hand on me, okay? And I need you to understand like I I just, I hate bugs, okay? I hate them. So thankfully I had already taken my shower for the day. However, I was freaking out because I didn't know where this bug was. So do you know what I did? Because I was, I, I was done with the bathroom for that day. I had done everything I needed to do in the bathroom. I, I just closed the door. Now, cat bugs can sneak out through the crack of the door. I know that. I know that full well. I have a college degree. I know that. But uh, I, I was convinced that I needed to just close the door and just figure it out when I got back home from work. And let me tell you something so ridiculous. You're going to laugh at me and make fun of me to your friends later on. No, you're not. Because you're a nice person and you love the Lord. Um, I, all throughout my day yesterday, was like, what if I come home and I get in my bed and the bug is in my bed? Or how am I going to use the bathroom if the bug is in there? Like, I'm, I'm just thinking about it all throughout my day. In fact, I went to dinner with someone last night and I was fully engaged in the conversation. But as we were wrapping up, and even some points throughout our conversation, I was just thinking like, what am I going to do about that bug? Because I didn't kill it. It was still alive. It was still thriving. It was still doing whatever bugs do when you're not home. Um, I was freaking out. And I, I couldn't even, like, I couldn't even give full focus to my day because I was thinking about this bug. So why did I tell you a five minute story about a bug? Cat, why are we listening to this podcast? Let's turn it off. No, please don't turn it off. I want to talk to you about the concept of fear today. Fear. Because here's the reality. I'm so much bigger than that bug. I, in fact, scripture gives me dominion over animals. It doesn't say bugs, but I have dominion over that thing, okay? All it takes is for me to just squash it and, you know, I don't think that's part of the deal of me, like, you know, I know I need to care for the earth and care for the animals, but I'm, I'm definitely not caring for bugs. I'm getting them out of here. Um, I don't know too many people who are like, save the bugs, but if you are a save the bugs person, I, I apologize for all of my insensitive comments towards bugs, but... I use it as a parallel to say that we all have a bug in the bathroom, so to speak. We all have something that we fear. And the interesting thing is sometimes we grow really comfortable with our fear and we have to realize that if we don't kill that bug in the bathroom, it will consume your thoughts during the day. Hear me. It will hinder you from going to the places that you need to go. I was terrified to go in my bathroom, a very functional room that I need to use quite frequently because I drink a lot of water. If I am scared to go to the bathroom, we got a problem. If I can't brush my teeth, if I can't shower, we got a big problem. But because fear could hinder me from going to the places I need to go, ask yourself, is my fear in my life hindering me from going places that I need to go. Maybe God's called you to serve in a particular ministry or called your family to up and move somewhere and it's terrifying to you. And the idea of switching things around is terrifying to you. Or or maybe for you, your, your bug in the bathroom, so to speak, is failure. 
man, what if, what if I do this? I, I have all these dreams, but what if I do this and I fail? What if we lose all of our money? What if people hate the decision that we make? What if we get canceled on social media and we fail? Maybe that's your fear. Maybe your fear is, is loss. I don't know what I'm going to lose in this. Maybe, maybe you're in business and, and you feel like God's telling you to, to do something and you're afraid of losing everything. You're afraid of losing your reputation. You're afraid of all of these things, these bugs in the bathroom that are hindering you from going the, to the places that you need to go. But they're also hindering maybe even some of your relationships. Like, for instance, last night when I, like I said, when I was at dinner and I'm thinking about this ridiculous bug in my bathroom, all because I didn't kill it. Because I let that little thing linger, it caused fear, it caused negative thoughts to occur all throughout my day, to affect my day. Understand, a water bug affected my day yesterday, and it shouldn't have if I would have just killed it. If I would have just taken care of it in the moment. So what bug in the bathroom do you need to kill this week? Do you need to get really honest with yourself? I know for me, like the other day I I was sitting there and I, I was just thinking about different instances in my life where I have just been fearful of silly things, right? But I didn't even realize that it was fear. I didn't even realize that different anxieties in my life had had brought about fears. So I wasn't dreaming at the same level I could be. I wasn't taking risks that I felt like I needed to take. I wasn't stepping out in faith in the way that I should have should have done because fear had consumed a lot of parts of my life. And until you get honest with maybe you have multiple bugs in the bathroom until you get that spiritual can of raid and start killing things you got problems on your hand and and we can't be surprised when we're like why do i feel so limited why do i feel so hindered in my ministry well it's it's time to kill the bug in the bathroom so many of us have heard the scripture first john 4 18 which talks about how perfect love casts out all fear um I was reading that scripture this morning and I, I read it in a different version and I want to read it to you. This is the C-E-V translation, um, which I don't normally read this translation, um, but I really liked the translation of the scripture. So I wanted to read it to you. So 1 John four eighteen in the C-E-V, it says, a real love for others will chase these worries away. The thought of being punished is what makes us afraid. It shows we have not really learned to love. So this is crazy in this regard because we realize that, you know, and I think we've known this before, but love and fear are opposites. And so when we're operating in fear, we're not operating in love. And we know that scripture tells us that God is love. He is the epitome of of love like there's not even proper language to describe that but like god is love it it is he is the embodiment of love and fear is the opposite of that and you know no no irony here at all no no surprise here at all but fear is one of the enemy's favorite tactics fear and confusion man that's that's the enemy's 
tactics because if he can get you to be afraid, you're not acting in love. And, and what does love cause us to do? Love causes us to step out in faith. Love causes us to do crazy radical things for the kingdom. Love causes us to dream. Love, be, because love motivates us to do things beyond ourselves. See, it's easy for me to be fearful in my own self. Because when I'm looking at myself, I'm looking at all my inabilities. I'm looking at my shortcomings. Man, I would never be able to do that. Man, God's given me a couple of dreams in my life that still haven't come to pass in a lot of ways because I'm like, I'm incapable. And, you know, God's sitting there like, I know, baby girl, I know you're incapable. But but I am not. God is not. God is, wow. That, that's nothing for him. My wildest dream is, is nothing for him and yet he chooses to use me. But that mindset has to be motivated by love. Who God is, but also my love for him. Because when my love for him is leading my decisions, what happens is I'm looking at God's abilities, not my own. In fact, the person I had dinner with last night was just telling me that countless times I mean this is just a seasoned woman of faith who her and her husband have you know she told me they've been married for I I think she said 30 something years and they've moved 40 times (laughs) she said just because when God tells us to go we don't ask questions we just get up and go we say yes and they are living in such a fruitful season in so many regards because they're operating in love their prayer life is love and if we're honest i think sometimes and and this is okay hear me this is a this is an okay thing because we can go to god vulnerable and open but sometimes if you're like me you'll catch yourself praying these timid prayers god i'm so afraid god i'm so scared god i i i i i and we need to start saying you are capable to do this through me. And I love the way that that scripture says that, that we haven't yet fully learned to love when we're operating in fear. And so the scripture makes it seem pretty black and white, that either we're operating in fear or we're operating in love. In other words, I think we're either operating in self Or are we operating by the power of God? And that may seem really simple to you, but hear me. When it comes to scriptures about our spiritual life, there are very few of them that are like one and done. Because most of the scriptures that we read, right? We we read scriptures about, you know, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Philippians 2.3, right? Great scripture. And we can say it all day. But you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to still be flesh. You're going to wake up tomorrow and still want to consider your needs above others. And so what I mean by all of this is saying we don't just read this scripture one time and go, ooh, that's good. I'm going to leave that there. No, 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 no. These are things we have to revisit. And so specifically with this one, again, the enemy loves to use fear. 
think about it. The the horror movie industry is one of the top grossing movie industries in the world. I just fact checked myself. The horror industry brings in thirty four point three billion dollars a year and on top of that thriller and suspense which is in that same category in my opinion is 20 billion dollars so we're talking about just movies 50 billion dollars a year people are paying to feel fear feel afraid feel on the edge of their seat now i'll go ahead and be honest i love a good thriller and suspense film because they hold my attention. I've told you this before, I have a short attention span, so I like to be on the edge of my seat. I love a mystery, I love a twist, I love it. But there are people who are paying to be afraid. Do you know that there are people who pay upwards of $100 to go to these crazy haunted houses to to have people torture them like there there are certain haunted houses where people literally torture people and if you make it all the way through you get your money back or whatever but like people pay for that like in my opinion if you really want that you could just get a job at a daycare and you could get paid to do that you know like those kids will torture you enough I'm making a joke I love you all like it's it's crazy to me what people will pay for that the enemy does to us all the time for free, okay? So I, I think it's important that we, we get out of this, I don't even want to say comfort, but it, but it is, it's, it's really just the second nature almost of just living in this place of fear. And a lot of times we label fear just normal boundaries, And what's so funny about that is when it comes to the kingdom, God knows no boundaries. I'm not even sure God understands what a boundary in that respect is because he's so big. He's so much bigger than us. So like God doesn't know the limitation of money. God doesn't know the limitation of, of time. He understands it in our context. Hear me. I'm not saying God doesn't understand because I mean, he like created it, but God supersedes all of those things. He exists outside of those things. Like heaven is not like, man, inflation is up. These hot dogs are expensive. Like God doesn't operate like we do. And so we're down here on earth. Like oh man, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how we're going to have enough volunteers. I don't know how we're going to have enough resources. I don't know how we're going to do this. And God's like, what? Oh, I got you. All it takes is, is faith. All it takes is love. All it takes is killing that bug in the bathroom. Okay, cat. Well, how do we kill this bug in the bathroom? I'm so glad that you asked. You do need to take a spiritual can of Raid. But what does that look like? The spiritual can of raid looks like this. Before you have the thought, give it to the Lord. What thought? The thought of, I'm talking to myself, um, the thought of negative or hindering or fearful thoughts. You have it in your head, give it to the Lord. The scripture says, take every thought captive. So the moment you start to, you know, even now, I still haven't killed that bug, y'all, but I've been searching high and low in the bathroom. I don't know where he is. Hopefully he died or went on a cruise to Barbados. He's not here anymore. Um, but I I have to go in there and tell myself he's he's not in here. Or 
If he is, you're going to be ready to kill him. In the same way, we have to be that way with our thoughts and understand those thoughts have come before. They can come back. Even though they may not be here in the moment, they can come back. And when they come back, I'll be ready to squash it. Why? Because I know that perfect love casts out all fear. In other words, when I am walking with the Lord, when I am operating in his plan, I, I, I don't have to walk in fear. Fear runs from me because I'm operating in love and I don't even have time for fearful thoughts because I'm too busy doing the will of God and seeing his hand and provision in my life. You know, you've heard people say before, if he gives you a vision, he'll give you a provision. So those things that you're fearful of, of, you know, failing or not having enough, if God's given you this vision, run with that and trust that he will provide. Now you got to put your hand to the grind too. You can't just sit there and go, I'm just waiting on the Lord to drop manna from heaven. But you operate in the vision that God has given you. And hear me, some of you aren't even dreaming right now. Because you've let bugs overtake your bathroom. And today is the day that you need to get rid of those bugs. Get rid of those thoughts. You need to start listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because sometimes those words, and hear me, there is power in our words. And the words that you are speaking over yourself, over your ministry, over your business, over your nonprofit, you're like, I just don't know. I just doubtful. I don't think this will happen. And we're speaking death, right? Because scripture says the tongue has the power of life and death. We are speaking death over the thing that God has given you to steward well. So what are those words that are coming out of your mouth? Do the words reflect a posture of love? Do the words that are coming out of your mouth, hear me, reflect that you serve an infinite God. You serve a God who is beyond measure. Do the words that are coming out of your mouth reflect that? Can people listen to how you speak about your organization or even yourself as a person and go, yeah, that's God's kid. That's a person who serves a God who knows no limit. Or do they go, oh, they're just like everyone else. It's because we are letting bugs overtake our bathroom and we are not able to go to the places that he wants us to go we are not able to fully focus on the things he wants us to focus on because we are letting little things grow into bigger things and at this point some of us are walking into the bathroom with cockroaches everywhere with bugs everywhere and we're not really giving much of a thought to it and you need to know today today's the day that we got to call the exterminator, right? I remember being in high school and, you know, talking to interesting high school students and, you know, talking to them about the Bible. And I remember one of the most common responses that a lot of students would say to me in regards to why they didn't believe in the Bible is because, well, the Bible just doesn't want me to have fun. Because I can't, it makes me not be able to drink alcohol. I can't have sex with my girlfriend. I can't do this. I can't watch, you know, whatever it is. Like, whatever it is for them. I, I can't do this. The Bible just doesn't want me to have fun. And I've always hated that response. Though I'll listen to it and love the person who's saying it. I hate the response. 
because we have to realize that God does not allow his words to be written and portrayed the way that they are because he's angry and desires us to be punished. In fact, that scripture reminds us that fear comes from punishment. So a lot of people are fearful to even step in the faith because they have seen other Christians portray faith as you do something bad, you get punished and then God hates you. And for those of us who are operating in a healthy relationship with Christ, we realize that's the farthest thing from the truth. I mess up over and over and over again and giving grace upon grace upon grace. And yes, there are consequences, but I'm experiencing grace. I'm experiencing favor. I'm experiencing his hand in the midst of my crazy decisions. Why? Because he's my father and he loves me radically, radically. And I don't deserve it one bit, but I get it anyway. And I wonder if there are people in your influence that once again can tell that you're a child of God, but they are they attracted to the faith based on your ability to operate in love? Or are you so bent on fear that maybe people are like, I don't want anything to do with that because that doesn't represent the love that God wants us to operate in. God's word, once again, is written to protect us. It's very practical. Yes, of course, it's it's spiritual, it's theological, it's deep, it's metaphorical, it's poetic, it's all of those things. But it is very, very practical. The words in, in the scripture are designed to help us in life. And I understand just as much as you do, man, I wish... There were a few more verses about this issue or about how to have this conversation in 2023. Dear God, how do you have this conversation? Couldn't you have told us more about that? But his word is perfect. His word is perfect. And it's written out of a motive of love. And not just a motive, but the character, the embodiment, the epitome of love. The scripture, every word of it written in that regard and if that's the case we have to read it as such and recognize that God does not desire us to operate in fear God does not desire us to just look at if I do this if I put in x I'm gonna get punished this is going to happen it's going to be bad I'm terrified I'm just not gonna take the risk I'm just not gonna dream anymore I'm just not gonna preach on that anymore and you have to recognize that this scripture is reminding us that we have to learn to let God love us and we have to learn to operate in that same love. And here's the reality. God's love is perfect, right? That's why it says perfect love casts out all fear. Our love is not. Our love is flawed. It's fickled. It's all of those things. But when we begin to gaze upon the perfect love of God, we begin to transform and model ourselves to look more like him. It's kind of like, it's a weird metaphor, but it's kind of like having divorced parents and having to live with one parent during the week and living with another parent on the weekend, you know? And and if, if you grew up like that, maybe you can relate to this. I, I didn't, but I can imagine, you know, you get different influences from each 
parent. You know, you go hang out with mom and you're probably eating healthier and, and you're probably watching romantic rom-com movies. And then you go hang out with dad and he's like listening to divorce dad rock like Nickelback and stuff like that and probably eating McDonald's. And, you know, there's a whole joke online about like, you know, what your divorced dad would, would buy you like cheap hair products or whatever. But, you know, there's different influences represented based on the parent. And and I kind of relate to this in how our spirit and our flesh are. You know, we spend time with Jesus and we are influenced by perfect love. And then we step out of that and we operate in the flesh also, which is a completely different influence. And that's what causes us to, again, operate in fear. And my encouragement is, at the end of the day, you're going to be flesh, you're going to fail, you're going to make mistakes, but let's let Jesus be our number one influence. When we're making decisions, when we are having conversations, your flesh is weak. Your flesh is going to say silly things. Your flesh is going to fall short, but Jesus is perfect and let him dictate your life. Let him dictate how you kill that bug in your bathroom so that you do not operate out of a place of my incompetencies, my shortcomings, but I operate out of perfect love from a perfect God who transcends all things. That's the God that I serve. That's for, therefore, that's the God that I will reflect, I will operate in, and I will live all the days of my life. Today, my friends, go buy that can of spiritual raid, evaluate, ask yourself, what are those negative thoughts? What are those negative patterns that I've accepted in my life that are hindering me? And today, I want you to find freedom, friend. I want you to know that you are a leader that God has chosen to do something great, and the enemy wants your fear to hold you back, but no longer will you let it. You're going to nip it in the bud. You're going to start telling yourself, I'm not going to think those thoughts and instead of letting negative words come out of your mouth you're going to choose to celebrate scripture says speak things that are not as though they are in other words your ministry your leadership may not be yet where you want it to be but by God's grace and by God's power it can be where you want it to be and more importantly where God wants it to be so begin to speak it today according to his will and his word buy that can of spiritual raid today you are amazing thank you so much for uh, being with me here today again my name is Kat Robbins and thank you for listening to the ministry refuel podcast <music>